Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 65 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. A little change in the show's intro music today. That's been my theme throughout this year, to try and keep everybody on their toes, so to speak. Uh, change is always good, at least I think that, and kind of like to mix it up every now and again. And that is exactly what I'm doing with today's show. Like last week, different change of uh, pace, which I think is always appropriate and welcomed. This week, rather than reviewing a new film or, or a current movie, I um, wanted to go back and do a breakdown, if you will, of my favorite directors. And certainly that is a that is a, a challenge for a movie buff like myself. But uh, I decided to, to set out and see what I could could come down with and ultimately narrowed it to five names and and each of them i think really represent a key part of my cinematic personality if you will and represent a lot of the films that i enjoy and and would consider not only my favorites but some of the the greatest movies of all time so that is going to be what's on the agenda for today's show but I am curious your uh, your thoughts. Do you have a favorite director uh, and specifically your favorite film or films from said director? You can take this opportunity to be interactive here on, on Twitter. All the information I will leave in the show notes. And if you are uh, not on, on social media, which, I mean, these days with the way Twitter is uh, certainly going, uh, I totally understand and respect uh, you can always email if you'd like, or again, if you, you just want to keep it to yourself, that's okay too. But as always, let me just take this opportunity to start the show off by saying thank you to you, the listeners, you, the friends of Phil with the Movies. Your support, your encouragement, and most importantly, your friendship means the world to me, and I will continue to do this. It's a passion project, as you know, but the response from from you all has just made it all the more worthwhile and, and frankly enjoyable so thank you for taking the time to to listen and then to chime in with feedback and and thoughts and then of course just the interactive discussions have been absolutely fantastic so i i so appreciate you and just i i, I cherish this uh, this this friendship, this relationship that, that we have, and, and it's through our love of movies. That's what this is all about. It's for the love of movies. So thank you, as always, for being a part of this cinematic journey. Onward and upward, as they say. All right, as I teed up at the start of the show, I'm going to break down my top directors. Narrow the list down to five individuals, and this was... This was a challenge, but uh, again, not. I wanted to sort of do a, a wide enough... Uh, range of, of of individuals and, and sort of different cinematic styles and, and methods of storytelling, but each of these uh, each of these people have, in my view, contributed greatly to the cinematic landscape and have made arguably some of the greatest films of all time, and certainly some of the most impactful films of all time. So, starting off, this may come as uh, no surprise if you've been following this show, but here we go. First person that I have on this list is George Lucas. Now, before uh, uh, people come at me, oh well, George Lucas really hasn't directed much. Well, let's let me preface: Lucas has only directed six films, four of which are part of his Star Wars saga. But 
I think when you sort of view Star Wars in its in its totality, which is he does, you know, the, the six films that he was directly involved in, and, and four of which that he directed himself, he views it as one movie. And so, if you take that coupled with American Graffiti and THX 1138, he's essentially only done three movies, and this is by his own admission. But the fact is. His legacy will be Star Wars, and, and some may say that's great. Some may say that's terrible. I mean, it's all a matter of opinion, I suppose. But if you're looking at the the cinematic landscape and, and the way pop culture has been changed, there's pre 1977, and then there's post 1977. And frankly, ever since Star Wars premiered in, in May of 1977, we've been living in that world or that galaxy if you will and it has inspired and and continues to inspire generations of storytellers and directors and frankly fans all over the world and his ability to distill mythic and and timely themes and old uh, morals and 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 stories and kind of break it down into an essential almost fairy tale if you will set in space in my view, is a work of genius. Lucas, for a man that prided himself on being anti-Hollywood, he was a fiercely independent filmmaker in, in his heyday, and that was that was his bread and butter. He, he didn't want to be part of the studio system. The man, in a, in a lot of ways, took over Hollywood without becoming it, and, and his steadfast refusal to cater to the studio's whims or desires stayed true to his artistic vision and, and in my view that makes him one of the greatest greatest auteurs of all time he had a singular vision and he would be damned if he was going to let anyone else come in there and 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 screw with that vision and again whether star wars is your jam or not i know it's not for everyone but the the impact of it the the legacy that he created characters known the world around luke skywalker darth vader princess leia the concept of the force lightsabers i mean it's all part of our jargon. It's all part of the lexicon today, and that's that's all thanks to George Lucas. And again, his ability to inspire and captivate people will will go on long after he has has left this earth. And that's that's an incredible legacy. And even if you're not a fan of Star Wars per se, because I know it has become a vast <laughs> galaxy, and and certainly it has, in my opinion, strayed a little bit from what maybe he intended the franchise to be. Uh, you know, if that's not your, your flavor, I would encourage you to check out specifically American Graffiti because I think that really does give you a real sense of this man's, both his wit and his cinematic palette. This is someone who was able to blend both drama and comedy in an exceptional way without it feeling forced in either direction. So, I mean, certainly Star Wars and the franchise, the, the saga... And the, the the total of four Star Wars related films that he personally directed, but if you sort of put Star Wars on one end and an American graffiti on the other, certainly there are overlaps in terms of themes and stories. But just in terms of two distinct films and 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 stories, it really is, in my view, a great representation of who he is and and what kind of a filmmaker he he has always been. And you know, frankly, if you're, if you're going to make any kind of Mount Rushmore of of greatest directors, I think you have to put George Lucas in, in that conversation. And, and some might say, well, he hasn't directed that much. But 
I don't really think it, it should matter how many films you have directed. I mean, this this man created an entire universe, if you will. I mean, this is you know we're putting him in the same category as people like J.R. Tolkien or or um, Lewis C. Carroll. I mean, just a, a a visionary who inspired a a generation and then some. And we're still living in in his world. And so I I would just I would attest to his his both artistic ability and his ability to stay true to his vision because he could have been pulled in another direction but he stayed firm and and made the films that he wanted to make regardless of what the studio thought and ultimately he he rose above that whole process and environment and and became a legend onto himself so i mean george lucas He's a, he's in a class by himself, as far as I'm concerned. Just a, a phenomenally talented and, and gifted storyteller. Now, the next person is a perfect uh, pairing, if you will, a, a duo with George Lucas, and that is Steven Spielberg. Spielberg is easily one of the greatest directors of all time. And th this is a man who has created more blockbusters, I think, than anyone in history. And you just you think from Jaws, Jurassic Park, E.T., but that's only one part of him. Yes, he's known for his spectacles, but he's also known as a passionate and, and frankly, deeply personal storyteller. You think films like Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Lincoln, most recently The Fablemans. He, he's able to take, in some cases, larger-than-life concepts or... or real life uh, scenarios and, and, and events and layer through a level of personal and, 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 and pathos that just makes these stories feel larger than life and connect with us on such a, a human level. I mean, he's, he's one of those directors where it's, it's hard to say necessarily what his, his style is because he certainly, he's able to, to, to blend everything so well. I mean, you can, on one hand, watch Jaws, and then on the other hand, you can see him direct West Side Story. And I, I respect it because he hasn't been able, he, he's never sort of you know tied himself down to one particular genre or one particular uh, uh, types of, of, of films. I mean, just in 1993 alone, that was the year Jurassic Park came out and Schindler's List. I mean, that right there should tell you this is a this is a, a genius to be able to create two distinct polar opposite films one a larger than life spectacle about dinosaurs and one a dramatic telling of one of the most horrific events in all of human history a a and this personal passionate story behind it I, I mean that is the mark of genius and that shows he, both his range and his commitment to telling all kinds of stories and and I mean thank you to to Steven Spielberg he ushered in John Williams as perhaps the greatest living composer of all time certainly the greatest movie composer of all time but uh, Spielberg's films they make me feel happy they make me feel warm that they also can connect with you on such an emotional level I, I think of the Fablemans because I have watched that film uh, more recently than, than a lot of his other films lately. And that one, it, it just hits so much because you can tell he is really bearing his soul. And, and we're getting to see Steven Spielberg, even though it's a fictionalized account of his 
of his youth and his upbringing, we really get a sense of Steven Spielberg, the man, Steven Spielberg, the boy, Steven Spielberg growing up. And it's, it's a, it's a testament to his ability to be vulnerable, but also to, to show sort of the inner workings, if you will, of how a person becomes who they ultimately are later in life. And that was, that was really something, but I mean, again, as I said before, from E.T., Indiana Jones, Jaws, I mean, the man has has created some of the greatest blockbusters of all time. And, I mean, certainly Jaws being one of his first major films and really his breakout film, this is, this is someone who has changed the industry and, and continues to reinvent himself. As I said, a few years back, West Side Story. Back in 2012, he did Lincoln. Now with the Fablemans, he's not afraid to mix it up. And, and while sometimes critics may be like, well, why is he going off into different genres? That's Steven Spielberg. He, he's not going to be tied down to, to one genre. He's going to tell all kinds of stories because all kinds of stories deserve to be told. And, and that's something I really respect. The next person on my list is Martin Scorsese. And Scorsese is is really a pioneer of cinema. I mean, he has created arguably some of the most impactful and some of the most discussed films of all time. If you think of movies like Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, The Departed, his unique perspective in many ways allows him to take larger-than-life characters and situations and ground them in a reality which we, the audience, can all know and understand. I mean, his his camera is almost a window into these worlds, and that's something I really like about all of Scorsese's films, whether it's something like Taxi Driver or even New York, New York. He, he's able to show us inside this world and, and kind of let us, the audience, be, be real spectators as opposed to necessarily getting one point of view or the other. And, and much of his works, in, in a lot of ways, feel like personal biographies of each of the of the characters, whether it's Travis Bickle in, in, in Taxi, Henry Hill in in Goodfellas. All of his films to me feel feel grounded. Even you know, take a film like Shutter Island. There is a a realism to his film that, that not many many filmmakers I feel can can capture in a way that yet still feel larger than life in a in a cinematic sense. And I've know I've talked about it in the past, but I'm I'm so looking forward to Killers of the Flower Moon, which comes out later this year. I, I again, anytime Scorsese puts out a film, it's going to get me uh, right there and, and in the seats at the theater because you know it's going to be something special. Because you know he he doesn't he doesn't play for the B team. He he's there to hit nothing but but home runs and i mean the man has has again created some of these these most talked about and and, and discussed films of all time i mean how many times have you seen a list where, where goodfellas or taxi driver is ranked as one of the greatest films of all time that is a testament to uh to scorsese and he really is a towering figure even though he's kind of you know he's you know a, a, a small man in stature and something he's he's poked fun of uh over the years but he really is larger than life in terms of his personality and it's sort of funny to think that all of this could have been for nothing if he had followed his original path in life which was to become a priest so perhaps there was some divine intervention i don't know but certainly i think the world is better off with with martin scorsese and you know definitely you know along with spielberg you would say 
without question, one of the greatest directors of all time. The next person on this list is one of, if not my favorite director of all time, and that is Christopher Nolan. He has created some of my favorite films in just the last few years without without even going into, in, in greater detail, The Dark Knight, which is my favorite film of his and, frankly, my favorite film of all time. And this is somebody who is able to tell fun, exciting genre stories, but yet they're not empty. And that's not a knock against other directors who... who create popcorn movies and and big spectacles but nolan's films whether you're watching the prestige or or inception batman begins really his whole dark knight trilogy or memento interstellar dunkirk all of his movies have a a heart to them and there's a real emphasis on on story there's a point at where we're we're going and Again, whether it's either superhero films or even his science fiction films, Nolan's movies just have a different shine to them. Certainly in, in terms of the, the palette of, of, of design and visuals that he used. I mean, there's a distinct style. You know a Christopher Nolan movie. It's very urban at times, and there's a almost a you know, just a, a almost a monochromatic look that, that just makes everything pop in, in a strange and unique way. But it's the stories, it's the characters that he that he puts out there. Again, whether it's it's Batman or whether it's Cobb and or Cooper in, in Interstellar, all of his characters are are grounded in a way. Even if they're fantastical, he finds a way into them through a a realistic angle. And 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 no better way, I think, can you illustrate that than if you look at Batman Begins, which really was this reinvention of of the franchise where he decided to ground the character in a gritty realistic environment while still being truthful to the mythology but treated Batman as if he existed in our world then you take on the on the other hand a film like Interstellar and you've got a character uh Cooper played by Matthew McConaughey again it's fantastical it's it's science fiction but yet no one manages to to find a way to connect the characters with us, the audience, and so we're in a way going on the journey with them. So it's whether you know Bruce Wayne into Batman or uh, Cooper on a on a on a spacely uh, adventure to try and save the Earth. I mean, all of these these characters feel feel real, even if the situations are larger than life and, and fantastic. But I don't know he just has a unique style and and a. In a cinematic voice, and of course he has Oppenheimer coming out this year, which again seems to be another change of pace for him. It's a it's a biopic, and so you're you're going to go into the historical end, and of course it'll be it'll be Nolan, so it'll have dramatic flourishes with it. But he's another one. He's not tied down. He's got the Batman trilogy on one hand, but then you throw in a film like Dunkirk. So I mean, he's not he's not tied into any specific genre but is just there to tell stories and and in many ways tell them in the largest way imaginable i mean if you ever had a chance to see it again and i have i was fortunate enough especially when it was released the first time but no one is a, is a big fan of imax uh, cameras and and the dark knight was a film that he shot a, you know a, not maybe a majority of it but but a portion of the film in imax and it just 
it's larger than life, and 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 Nolan knows how to make scenes just pop, and, and the fact that. Oppenheimer is going to be largely shot in IMAX, and he's encouraging you, if you can, go see it in IMAX. Just illustrates that he's a different kind of filmmaker. He he's not there to necessarily sell a product, even though that is, of course, what filmmaking uh, at the movie sense is. But he's there to tell a story and to use the medium in, in the largest possible way imaginable to make the story larger than life, but ultimately have it resonate and connect with us. So afterwards, we can be like, yeah. And now, rounding out the top five is Tim Burton. And Tim Burton is another one. I, I would probably put him as my second favorite director after Nolan. He is, he's quirky, he's in, inventive, but he's also introspective. I mean, Tim Burton has created, without question, some of the most bizarre and, and fascinating characters uh, of all time. And whether you've got... Edward Scissorhands, or, or or Beetlejuice, or or Jack Skellington. I mean, he, he's able to give us these fantastical and, and sometimes otherworldly characters, but yet peel back the layers of them like an onion and expose their soul for us to see. And, and a lot of his characters really are, 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 are lonely individuals, and he's able to shine a spotlight on them and, and kind of you know bring them out into the into the light, if you will. I mean, I, I think of you know Michael Keaton's take as Batman, which I know I've mentioned before, is 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 one of, if not my favorite takes on, on the character. And that right there, I mean, you're taking a, a superhero, but you're doing it in a way that is psychologically explore, um, exploring the the complexities and and the sort of the nuances to the character. And I think part of that comes from Burton himself is a very introspective individual he also has a background in, in animation so I think that allows his his mind to just sort of unwind and, and create these these twisted and at times gothic canvases that are that are unlike anything we know in the real world but yet because the characters are so grounded and 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 filled with with pathos and 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 real emotion that we can identify with them and, and understand them as as fractured and and frankly, complicated or, or morally um, uh, gray individuals. And ultimately, when you watch a Burton film, I, I know for myself, you can't take your eyes off the screen. I mean, everything is visual, it is stunning, and it's unlike any other director. I mean, a Tim Burton movie has a Tim Burton style, and and, and he sticks with it. He certainly has done different genres and, and different types of movies, but his his style is unique. I mean, you're never going to see a uh, a Christopher Nolan uh, style film, if you will, directed by Tim Burton. They just clash of, of of styles and aesthetics. But there's just it is his voice and his his reasoning for for creating the worlds that he uh, you know has unleashed on us is both artistic and poetic, and it leaves you both excited to, because you don't know what you're going to see and it's going to be a treat for the imagination and the eyes but then it's also going to you know tap into your soul and and, and really show you some truly powerful characters it, and even if they may be strange or, or or recluse they ultimately have a soul that that can be the window in for us as an audience again i think of someone like edward scissorhands or even the characters in beetlejuice again there's just a way of providing an outlet and and even though the situation is fantastical 
the, the, the stories, the situations are, are real. And I know I've said it before on this show, but those are the stories that I'm going to be the most drawn to. I mean, even if the situation is, is larger than life and grandiose, to have those characters grounded in a reality that we can at least understand and identify, identify with, I mean, that, that to me, that's the point of filmmaking. That is the point of going to the movies, and, and, and Burton gets it. I mean, he truly is an artist in, in every sense of the word. He, he paints a gothic canvas on the screen, and, and we're, we're, we're there for the ride. We're there for the show, and you know, 9 out of 10, you're going to get a, a, a damn good film on top of the visual treat that would be released before you. Now, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't mention just a few other people. I'm not going to go into great detail, but certainly directors like John Carpenter, Ty West, Matt Reeves, and, and Greta Gerwig. All these people have such unique styles and, and visions. And each of their films, again, when you walk out, you know you've seen their kind of movie. And, and these are what I like to call real filmmakers. Now, some people say, well, what the hell does that mean? They're 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 telling stories that are are grounded. It, it's not necessarily just a product, and and not to knock any any director, but sometimes it's just like it's a name stamped out there, and that's the end of it. But I, I'm really intrigued by filmmakers that that have a passion for telling a story and crafting a world that then we the audience get to visit and and partake with for two two and a half hours as opposed to just a a generic almost you know corporatized uh movie that that fill in the blank anybody could have directed i, I want passion and soul behind each movie that i see and again a, a, a director is the one that's gonna make that happen and so just to put a Put a bow on on today's discussion. I'll give you just some of my favorite films, and I'll narrow it to to two from each of the five directors that I that I name. So with George Lucas, Star Wars, American Graffiti, no brainer there. Um, Spielberg for me, it's Jaws and The Fablemans. Uh, Scorsese, it would be The Departed and King of Comedy. Christopher Nolan, The Dark Knight, Interstellar, and lastly Tim Burton. Edward Scissorhands, and Batman Returns. So now I put it to you. Who is a director that makes you sit up and pay attention? What? Who is a director that makes you say, yep, I've got to go see that movie? Because for me, if any one of these directors is releasing a film, as is the case with Christopher Nolan, with Oppenheimer in a few weeks, and Scorsese with Killers of the Flower Moon later this fall, I'm going to be there most likely opening night. So let me know your thoughts and who your favorite directors are. But that does it for today's show. A little tease for next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Christmas cheer and singing loud for all to hear. Uh, all you movie buffs who know that, paraphrase, you can guess what next week is going to be all about. But till then, I want to thank you as always for tuning in and listening and being a part of this cinematic journey with me so tune in next week my friends and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies